welcome back to nope hello and welcome to mr bunker's conspiracy time podcast welcome back <laughs> welcome back we know you've just been sitting here with your <laughs> earbuds in for a week waiting uh, listeners as always i'm your co-host arthur stone and that lovely voice you just heard is your co-host andy hart hi listeners welcome hello. back um andy I have to say this, and this might be a little shocking. Is this the weirdest topic we've ever discussed? Um, is this the topic that makes your draw, your draw, your jaw <laughs> drop to the floor and your eyes bulge out of your head and you go, ooga, ooga, like a cartoon horny wolf? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I am cartoon wolf. Because I got to say, this topic, today's this topic, topic for me, definitely made me feel that way. It is, listeners, it is so bizarre. This is our first true crime based topic. You could say that JFK and stuff are, but I consider those like history mysteries. <laughs> okay, they're historical. This is like kind of modern day true crime. You know, cover up story, conspiracy, MK Ultra, cloning. All, it's got a lot. It. It's got all a lot. Of it. And it's it is I uh, you know, I would say yeah, okay. I'll I'll probably concede that it's it's maybe the weirdest one because everything else sort of has a a reasonable explanation and this one hmm, maybe it does, maybe yeah. it doesn't. There's a lot to talk about, listeners. Today we're talking about the the Erickson twins, mm-hmm. Ursula and Sabina, who yeah. infamously uh, and this was all caught on camera and um you can watch all of it in the research below. Uh, they were caught on camera uh, running onto the M6 motorway, which is a six-lane highway in England, and um, they were struck by vehicles, and it just gets weirder and weirder from there. I mean, just telling you that, you know, that that should be enough to hook, hook you. But, Andy, we need to give a special shout-out, don't we? Yeah, actually, this uh, this uh, episode this episode idea was submitted to Mister Bunker by a listener. That's right. Uh, this one came to us from Justin in Arlington Heights. Justin from Arlington. Now, let me say, and I, I'm not going to say this for. I'll say this. Um, I have worked with Justin. Justin is a friend of ours. Yeah, and I don't want to break any kind of illusion, but Justin is a good friend of ours. We've both worked with him on numerous projects and if you listeners out there are looking for a fantastic photographer videographer editor director uh all of the above video producer uh, whatever the fuck else they do in video justin can do it he can do anything well, let me tell you, and justin did not pay us to say this he right? paid me well he he paid you with you know sexual favors i'm sure and that's why I didn't mention it. <laughs> he didn't pay me to say it, though. I've worked with Justin in both uh, in front of the camera and behind the camera with him. If you know what he means. <laughs> I've shot films with Justin, and uh, I've been in, in Justin's films. And I can say this. Uh, he is wonderful to work with, and he's very good at what he does. So if you're looking for somebody to um, uh, do that kind of stuff, direct, take pictures, whatever... Get at Justin Link, Justin Link Photography, JustinLink.com. Um, Google him. He's a great guy. And he's great for submitting this wonderful topic. The uh, the Erickson twins are a gift. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. 
Um, listeners, if you want to jump right to all the action, of course, as always, you can find the timestamp of when the research begins. Um, I try to get it down to like the exact second. Um, cause I know it's important to you guys to skip the, um, shoehorned weird gimmick that we do at the top. So, uh, <laughs> you can skip right to all the action and I don't blame you. Uh, the, the link, the, te- the timestamp link for when the research begins will be in the show notes. Please check your, um, podcast app, uh, for where that information is. But first Andy, of course, for the very small percentage of listeners for, that enjoy for the truly dedicated, the truly dedicated listeners that enjoy this intro portion of our show, um, each week, Mr. Bunker, the crazy conspiracy Theorist and illusionary mastermind captures us, brings us to his secret doomsday bunker, and we tell you how he did it this week. Every week it's a new reveal, and this week's no different. This week's no different, Andy, and um, I gotta say, yours was fun. <laughs> yours sounds really fun. It was not that fun. Okay, why do you say that, Andy? Um, well, I had a nice little trip for myself planned today. Fancy I was... that. Andy goes off and does something for himself. <laughs> I And I'm the vain one. <laughs> I was going to America's Roller Coast Art. Uh, ever sneered of it, Cedar Point? I've heard of Cedar Point. I've never been. I've heard wow. great things about it. It's tremendous. God knows every motherfucker I meet from Ohio loves to talk about Ohio. They love Cedar Point in Ohio. And I don't see the charm. I'm no different. It's great. Yeah. We went to Cincinnati together once, and you wouldn't let me have Skyline Chili, so you must <laughs> not love it that much. I... I uh was that your wife who hates it? Yeah, we both don't like it. I no, think. you both don't like it, yeah. Um but Cedar Point, everybody can agree. Anybody everybody loves Cedar Point. Everybody loves Cedar Point. For those Point. of you uh who aren't in America, and even some people in America, Cedar Point is a amusement park. It is a it much is, like Six Flags Raid America or things in Disney World. They do call it America's roller coast. As you get on the rides, they'll give you the instructions uh like this. So, um, you know it's legit because it's not I didn't make that up. That's what they call it. It's they call it the coast rollers, Co- America's roller coast because it's got a lot of roller coasters, and it's right on the lake shore, Lake Erie, in Sandusky, Ohio. Check it out. Uh, it's worth the trip. So I was going to go there and have some good old-fashioned roller coaster ride and fun. You just by yourself. You didn't bring your wife. No, you didn't bring your kid. No, you just, just said, just me. Just daddy's got to have some alone time. I'll be back later. Um, and, you know, I uh, I like uh, the rides at Cedar Point. And you I like roller coasters? Yeah, I like roller coasters. And, you know, one thing I don't like, though, Art, mm. is lines. Oh, tell me about it. And you go to you go to a place like Cedar Point, and it's like, if, if I'm going to stand in line for, like, three hours, like, forget it. I'm just like, I'm not going to ride that ride. I'll go ride. Another ride. I'll or go ride you'll do ride some kind of fast pass system. Yeah. I'd, I don't think they have one there. No, I typically don't do the fast pass type of stuff. Really? Yeah. I feel like you'd be all over that. Well, here's planning the out your day Mm-mm-mm. using the fast pass. Here's system. the thing. Here's the thing, though. You, it's like with a lot of fast passes, it doesn't really get you to yeah, the front of the line. You just get to the back of the fast. You know pass what line. does? You know what does bring you? 
I'm waiting. You either got to fake a disability or bring along a family member who has one. Oh my God. One time we went to Disney World and one of my family members came along who was in a wheelchair. Yeah. Oh my God. We got, they just, they just take you through the exit and you get on instantly. I cannot tell you the satisfaction I get out of looking at some poor soul's face to wait in line and then to you go get on, on fucking before them. Splash Mountain. And I just get to go. They've waited an hour to go on Splash Mountain and I fucking get on instantly. Yeah. I'm not joking with you when I say that it's instant. You literally enter through the exit and they just let you on. And then like some other fucker who's been waiting has to be told like to stop and then I get on. Like they have to look at me getting on the ride and you're just like, you've just fucking dropped some shades and you're just like, see you, bitch. No, I still think you're the vain one. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Woo, it feels good, baby. <laughs> so you got to go with somebody in a wheelchair. Okay. Good tip. <laughs> uh, but I, if I, you, if you save a cast, you know, I'm not in a wheelchair and yet I, yet, I mean, give me here. There's still time for the Give me those knees. There's still time for the diabetes to get me. Um, but uh, I went and, you know, I value these rides with shorelines. I mean, I'll ride a roller coaster that's kind of like people don't like it because it's old or whatever because it's got the a wooden ones. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the, more dangerous. And there's one uh, near the it's entrance at, at Cedar Point called the Blue Streak that uh, is like that where it's uh, Italy. <laughs> And I left a blue streak left, in my underwear. You've left some brown streaks <laughs> yeah. in your underwear riding that ride, I bet. Uh, it's like right next to one of the good roller coasters, which is, but it's an older one now. It's called the Raptor, but it's a great ride. Yeah, um, it's But fun. it's like, it's an old wooden coaster and it's kind of like, you know, it's like jerks you around and stuff yeah. when you ride it. And uh, yeah, it's not real popular, but you can get on it real fast. Um, so, you know, I'm at the park and it's like, Middle of the day, so the it's filled out, and you know there's a lot of long lines for some sure, more popular sure. stuff. So I am like, ah, I'll go on something you know that doesn't have a very big line. And so I see this, I see this ride that um, I think there's basically nobody in line, and it looks like one of these, um, you know, one of these like log type rides where it's like you kind of like you walk up a little like you a couple flights of stairs, right. and There's like a little. You know, a trough full of water. Sure. An aqueduct. Like a Splash Mountain. Yeah, like a Splash Mountain type of deal. Uh, and uh, it's But called... without the racism. <laughs> yeah, without without the connection to Song of the South. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, do you think... Uh, here's a conspiracy for you. Side conspiracy. Do you think Disney's going to make Song of the South available in its streaming platform? <sighs> no. Because they have never released it officially and like home no, video they, in this country. I think they changed Splash Mountain recently, didn't they? Oh, I don't know about that. I feel like I heard something about how they're changing Splash Mountain to a different franchise so that they can just rid just all rid memory it, of yeah. Song of the South. Right, yeah. I could be totally wrong about that. Um, Again, I'm very dumb. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. So uh, I, see this, I see this ride, uh, which is uh, uh, Larry's Log Luge, and... You know, it's like uh, Larry's log luge. Larry's log luge, and okay. you know, at Cedar Point, they got the little like you must be this tall to ride the thing, and it's like everything is like the little character, mm-hmm. and so it's like Larry the lumberjack is the, mm. the character. Okay, and uh, you know, you didn't notice anything familiar about Larry the lumberjack. Larry the lumberjack uh, seems like an original character to me. I mean, he might be ripping off Paul Bunyan a little bit, but uh, okay. I think that's in the public domain at this point. I don't think there's any potential copyright violations okay. here. I'm just trying to okay. 
No, Larry the Lumberjack. I'm trying to find red flags. Larry the Lumberjack looked very virile. Uh, he had uh, clearly, uh, you could see the outline of a very large penis inside of his pants. He's packing a log. <laughs> yeah, he had he had a log. Yeah. He had a hog log. A hog log. Yeah. <laughs> he had a hog the size of a log. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have a short stack. He had oink, a full oink, stack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a little knob of butter on top. And syrup dripping syrup, off of it. Just pre, sticky, pre syrup. Pre syrup everywhere. <laughs> and uh, he had a he had a big old axe. Um He had an axe to grind. Yeah, and a uh, great big beard. Um he had a flannel shirt. Okay. Um okay. suspenders. Right. Okay. Um big old boots. So far, everything seems normal. But there's no line. I'm like, well, this is freaking great yeah. and you know i uh i go up uh i go up the flight of stairs there's nobody there like they're just waiting for you're just to you get right to the top you know it's like sometimes even you get on a thing and it's like well you gotta wait for a few you know one car or two cars to go before you get on this is like instant and wow. it's like i'm the only person on the ride uh-huh. and i'm like this is incredible um so uh they get me on the they get me in the log um you know uh Love it because there's ample sized seatbelt for a person of my carriage. Okay. Um, no know, comment. You know, sometimes they'll tell you you're too fat to ride the roller coaster hey, and kick you off. You know? And that's annoying. Uh, I don't manage a theme park, I don't set those rules. So I get on the log ride. But I wouldn't let you anywhere near it. <laughs> well, but not because of your size. Not because it has yeah. nothing to do with it. Just do how creepy you are. Yeah. <laughs> you can't hear a word. <laughs> and uh, the log just like shoots off. You know, it's like it's got one of these like, like, you know, there's like a, a quick thing. drop right at the top. Yeah. And it just like, boop. And then as you drop, like, uh, there's a board that's too close to your head and your head hits it. And so it just, like, whacks you in the skull. You got whacked in the head? You got whacked in the skull. And I got a little bit um, drowsy. Is that why you have that cartoonish bump coming out of your temple? Yeah, and that's why <laughs> That's why there's little birds flying around it also. <laughs> oh, I see those. Um, ah, birds! <laughs> <laughs> um, I hate birds. But I started to get a little bit drowsy. Um, right well, away. you got hit in the head. I got hit in the head, and I know you're not supposed to fall asleep, but uh, you know, I I started to like drift a little bit. And Andy, you might have a concussion. Like the log, the log luge ride, like it just goes, and it's like all it does is like it it just has that little drop, and then you go out, and then it just drops, and then the log goes right into the back of a van, and then I fell asleep and woke up here. He built an entire amusement park roller coaster to capture you. He contracted with Cedar Point to 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 get me. This has to be this has to be one of the grandest. Uh, you know, he must have been planning this for weeks, and he spread the news too that other people shouldn't ride this because, like, the yeah. logs go right into the back of his van. How many other people did he capture by accident? You know? I mean, I assume he had like a catch and release. Uh, oh man, people were probably like, "This ride fucking sucks." Yeah, all it does is just drop. But down. you love short lines just so much, you couldn't pass it. I up. couldn't resist it. I couldn't resist it. Incredible. I know I don't like the Iron Dragon there, but I'll ride it every time if I'm looking for something to go on quick. <laughs> just a quick thrill. Just a quick taste of the action. Yeah. 
If you can't get on a roller coaster, you might scare a child just to get a thrill. <laughs> yeah. I'm such a thrill. Who knows what I'll do? <laughs> wow, Andy. Well, will I, I hope- beat up the Will I beat up the Snoopy mascot in the park? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, I hope you do. Um, so that's how I got here. Well, I hope your head's okay. Maybe we should give you concussion tests. Yeah, maybe. What's the test? <laughs> I don't know. You got to like look at a light for a little bit. Oh no, I'm not into that. I don't. You like can't at look at the TV. It hurts my eyes to look at the lights. <laughs> That's why I have my eyes closed. That's incredible. Um, yeah, I don't think, I mean, this almost looks, sounds like kind of like a love letter from Bunker to you. Like, you know, I know you guys kind of got off to the wrong foot and you had some turmoil, but it really seems like he is proving to you that he will go all out to capture you every week. I'm, I'm, I'm. And maybe that sounds a little bit like Stockholm Syndrome. And you know what? Fuck you if you think it is. Like reverse Stockholm Syndrome? Like he needs me? No, people are accusing me of Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, trying yeah, to defend yeah, him. yeah, yeah. No, you definitely have it. No, I don't know. What to, listen, he's just trying to do the best he can. <laughs> Pretty appropriate for today's topic, huh? <laughs> yeah. Stockholm's in Sweden. Because the two people are Swedish. Yeah. Um, Andy, mine... Um, I don't want to say is as grandiose, but wow. it still involves Bunker having to craft something. Oh, he's been in his workshop. Um, you know, Andy, I don't want to say like mind isn't as grandiose. I don't really think that, you know, Bunker didn't really go to the same. I'm going to be honest. He didn't really go to very big lengths at all for me. So, well, I'm harder to fool. Um, why do you say that? I'm just a little less trusting. I don't know. I don't really say that though. Um, I think you're less evasive. You're, you're, well, yeah. I I mean, he captured you coming out of a fucking porta potty. I don't move. He tripped over a rock. I don't move as quickly. I am a clumsy person. So he gets you in more physical ways. Yeah. Restrains you. But but your mind's easier. Much harder to fool. Yes. That's why he had to whack me on the skull with that piece of wood today. Because he needed my senses dulled. (laughs) I feel bad for the wood. Because I could have leapt from that log ride. Nah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have. <laughs> but, uh, you know. So whatever, I'm at summer. home and I'm just kind of enjoying myself. And like you've kind of been saying, it is summer here in Chicago town. Woo! Hot fun in the summertime. Hoo-ah! Um, and so I'm chilling at home in the privacy of my own home in my boxers and an undershirt. Just normal. Right. You know, yeah. attire, chilling at home. Minding my own business, and I hear a little knock at the doorbell. Yeah? At the door. No one- That's weird. Well, your doorbell doesn't work very well, so <laughs> yeah, maybe somebody needs to replace it. Bashing on the doorbell. And I open the door, and I'm shocked at what I see. In, in the same ways that I'm shocked by today's case. Was it a horse head? No. It is a... Person in a latex suit with a uh, a blow-up doll's face painted on the front. Have you ever seen one of these? Painted on the front? Yeah, like it's a it's a large latex suit with a blow-up doll's face. Oh, so this the suit is like like is like an existing thing. Yes, but it looks like a blow-up doll. Is the body painted? I'm gonna I'm gonna find an image for you. I've never seen this. I've never heard of this. Is this for some sort of sex doll fantasy? Possibly. You could just get a sex doll. Oh, I see. It's like so you can dress up like a sex doll. Yes. Okay. I got it. It looked something like this. 
And it was terrifying, <laughs> to say the least. Did you have uh, listeners for context? This picture is like the camera is like a mere inch away from the face. <laughs> Very fish So eye. it's super zoomed in. Uh, did you have the same aspect ratio? Yeah, my eyes are set to that aspect ratio. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Jesus. And I was just kind of dumbfounded and shocked. Yeah. And sh- this person said that their name was Yolanda Chablani. Chabani. Yolanda Chabani, like the yogurt? And that's what I said. I said, like the yogurt? Yogurt heiress Yolanda Chabani? Yeah, I said, like the yogurt? And they said, no. And then he sprayed me with the nerve gas. <laughs> with nerve gas? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And I became very nervous. Jeez. And then he put me in a giant bag. This is not good. No. This could have serious long-term health repercussions Well, at this point, I've been drinking lead water and paint chips my whole life, so... Mm. Wow. That was mine. Very strange. Very bizarre. Yeah, he, I don't know what the latex suit needed. Yeah. Why did he feel the need to dress up at all? I don't know why he felt the need to say that his name was Yolanda Ch- Chobani either. He could have just gassed you <laughs> as soon as you opened the door. That was his. I mean, maybe he knows my other feelings about Greek yogurt. Was this, was this just like nerve gas, like the gas they use at a dentist's office? Could have been. I don't think it was actual chemical warfare. Okay. Fucking nerve All right, gas. that's where my mind went, yeah. is that he's he's like, he's gotten you. He's the, whatever, the mad right. gasser of Calm Mattoon. down, History Channel, before it became all about aliens and conspiracies. <laughs> Sorry. Back when it was only World War II and Hitler stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, kind of a weird one today. You know, I'm not going to sit here and knock mm. Bunker for what he does. You know, maybe he spent so much time building you a whole fucking roller coaster that he really didn't he just kind of had to he just pulled some stuff and was like ah, i'm gonna go with this yeah i it doesn't seem like he fully thought this one through well tomato tomato <laughs> potato potato hey. let's call the whole thing off speaking of two uh, a tomato and a tomato could be said as a twin it's like two things that are identical but have different names exactly and that is what our our topic today, Andy, is discussing. Um, we're discussing the Erickson twins, Ursula, Ursula and Sabina. That's right. And um, this is a bizarre one. A lot of stuff to talk about, listeners. And I, you know what? Let's get right to it. Let's let's just jump right in. Here is the story of the Erickson twins. Double your pleasure. Double your fun. Andy, we've been in this bunker long enough now that we've covered some pretty bizarre stuff. What do you say? I would say we have covered uh, some some ground on the bazaar. Uh, we've dealt with some conspiracy. Mm-hmm. We've dealt with some paranormal. Oh, yeah. We've dealt with crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and through it all, uh, sometimes there is a thread of the bazaar. Wow. Great summation. But what if I told you, Andy, the most bizarre topic we have ever covered was true and all of it was captured on camera? What is this, a Matrix movie? (laughs) 
I guess what I'd say, Art, is uh, you don't hear that very often uh, when it comes to conspiracies and paranormal stuff that it got captured on camera. If you're lucky, sometimes you get a document or a photograph. Rarely do you ever get it all captured on camera. Yeah. Listeners, the story you were about to hear is completely true. What transpired here in May of 2008 in England has more twists and turns than the very motorway, motorway uh, that it takes place on. That is the M6 motorway near Stoke-on-Trent in England, United Kingdom. <laughs> in, case you want to, in case you want to visit. CCTV security cameras spot two pedestrians walking along the median path of the six-lane M6 motorway. As they attempt to cross the three lanes of speeding traffic, one of them is grazed by a vehicle. Highway agency officers and motorway uh, police group were, were dispatched to the scene responding to a call that a pedestrian had been struck on the motorway. As the two officers of the motorway patrol group arrived, they expected to see fatal injuries, but instead were greeted by two seemingly calm Pedestrians, Ursula and Sabina Eriksson, twin sisters from Sweden. As the vehicles rushed by, the patrol officers approached. They never could have guessed what happened next. Just you wait, listeners. Let's back up the story a bit here. How exactly did these two twins end up walking down the median of a six-lane highway? Where were they going? Our timeline starts somewhere around Friday, May 16th, when the two twin sisters traveled to Liverpool, England. They had been separated for a bit, you see. Ursula lived in the U.S. and Sabina lived in Ireland with her husband and two children. The rest of their family and older sister and brother lived back in their home country of Sweden. 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 In 2008, Ursula, tra- a shout out to our Swedish listeners. That's right. Uh, in 2008, Ursula traveled to Ireland to visit her twin sister. The two became inseparable. For seemingly no known reason, the twins secretly left Sabina's home in Ireland and set out for Liverpool, England. Liverpool. <laughs> home of the Beatles. Uh, it's believed they traveled by ferry, although no one on board has ever come forth to confirm if they did and no footage exists of them boarding or exiting this alleged ferry. But anyway, they arrive somewhere around 8.30 a.m. on Saturday, May 17th in Liverpool. They immediately travel to the St. Anne's police station, and Sabina files a report concerning the safety of her children back home in Ireland. Now, some sources I looked at said that she reported her children were being kidnapped. Others report that she just filed a concern of the safety of her children. The police in Liverpool agree to follow up on the complaint with the office in Dublin, Ireland, and set out to investigate it. And the twins leave. At 11.30 a.m., the twins board a National Express coach bus bound for London. Now, I just want to say real quick, Uh for both U.S. and non-U.S. listeners, this is kind of like a Greyhound. Yeah. It's a bus. It's a bus. It's just a charter bus. It's a charter bus. That's it. Okay. Uh, Now, here's where the story takes its first twist. The twins are kicked off the bus at a motorway service station, or uh, what we might call a rest stop, in uh, Neal near Stoke-on-Trent, a city in England. 
the bus driver noticed the twins' bizarre, erratic behavior. They clutched their bags and refused to stow them away in the luggage hold, which, uh, you know, if you've ever flown on a commercial airline, you know that's a big no-no uh, in the airline steward community. <laughs> Big no-no. And we're deeply involved in the airline steward community. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, the uh, the bus driver asks to search their bags, uh, the sisters' bags, worrying that they might be carrying explosives or weapons. The twins refuse, and they're ordered off the bus. The manager of the service station uh, they where they were left off at also noticed their suspicious behavior and called the police. Now, when the police arrived, they deemed the women were harmless and they were kicked off the bus because they, quote, didn't feel well. Shortly after the police leave, our story takes another weird turn of event. Uh, The twins leave the station and set off on foot down the median of the M6 motorway. As we said earlier, security cameras saw them cross the motorway and the Motor Patrol and Highway Agency officers were dispatched. Now, what we didn't mention earlier was that a TV camera crew were following two of the motor of the motor patrol officers, Cope and Finlinson, and they were filming for a new reality show called Motorway Cops. And Andy, I that could have been the theme song. I like to think that Motorway Cops is to American cops as the British office is to the American office. I think that the theme song would have been more like Naughty Boys. <laughs> naughty Boys, Naughty Boys. What are you going to do? What shall you do? What shall you do when the police arrive to take you into custody? When the motorway patrol agency arrives to make sure that traffic is flowing correctly on the, on the M6. Naughty boys, naughty boys, what shall you do? Anyway, the officers and the small TV crew spot Ursula and Sabina on the side of the motorway talking to a few other highway agency officers. All seems calm. The twins are smoking a couple cigarettes they aren't really injured at all. They're all welling, wearing these large yellow reflective jackets. Everybody's wearing them. So that, you know, that's that's the normal police garb. But they're wearing them too so that, you know, people can see them. Then, for seemingly no reason at all, Ursula rushes back onto the motorway. Taken off guard, one of the highway agency officers who is nearest her attempts to grab her. But she's too quick. And gets a fistful of yellow reflective jacket instead. Meanwhile, the TV crew captures the horrific display of Ursula's body being crushed by a semi-truck traveling at 60 miles per hour, or, uh, for our UK listeners, 90 kilometers per hour. The truck screeches to a halt. Everyone is left in shock. The motorway police uh, are attempting to stop traffic, but no one is watching Sabina. Sabina rushes out onto the highway moments later and flings herself in front of a passing vehicle. She's immediately flung upward and shatters the windshield of the car before violently landing to the ground. The officers are left in shock. They can't believe what they saw. They're radioing radioing in for emergency vehicles and backup while they try to stop traffic to address the the twins. All of this is captured on the TV crew's cameras. Thankfully, the officers were able to maintain control of the motorway and there were no accidents caused by the twins' reckless actions. So at this point, the officers are pretty much convinced they're both dead. The twins, that is. One of the officers remarks in the documentary, Madness in the Fast Lane, that you don't normally see people survive injuries like that. Sabina, who is dressed in a red sweater, lays unconscious on the ground after being struck by the car. 
which honestly in and of itself is a miracle yeah um ursula though isn't as fortunate officers attempt to keep her calm but her legs are completely shattered and here's where this story gets even weirder as paramedics attempt to treat ursula she resists all aid she spits she claws she bites the paramedics she tells one of the officers i recognize you i know you're not real at this point miraculously her sister Sabina regains consciousness just 15 minutes after being knocked out cold by a speeding vehicle. Sabina literally pops up as if waking up from a short nap. As police attempt to calm her and restrain her for her own safety, she shouts, They're going to steal your organs. And we're not talking pianos. <laughs> no. To everyone's surprise, Sabina gets up on her feet. You know, as if she wasn't just struck by a speeding vehicle going down the highway. Sabina stands up on her feet and begins to walk away from Officer Cope, who is attempting to restrain her and is calling for aid. Then, Sabina delivers a jab with what I can only describe as the strength of Thor <laughs> that completely knocks Officer Cope to the ground. Um, she then hops the median and again runs into the opposite three lanes of speeding traffic. Miraculously, She's not hit, and officers eventually, with the help of heroic, law-abiding UK citizens, they restrain Sabina on the other side of the motorway. They literally pick her up and have to carry her. I mean, there's like six, you can see in the, in the, in the video, yeah. there's like six or seven people literally carrying her as she is screaming and kicking like a banshee or a very strong toddler who doesn't want to take a bath and get ready for sleepy time. Oh, don't I know it. Trouble getting your kid to bed, Andy? No, no. My uh, my wife has to force me to bathe and carry me into Betty Weddy and my widow footy pajammy whammies. But I won't go down without a fight. You're a screamer, all right. No, I prefer more traditional metal music. Okay. Anyway, Art, much like my wife does to me. Thanks for that aside. The paramedics and officers on the scene, well, much like my wife does to me, Art, yes. the paramedics and officers on the scene sedate Sabina. Mm-hmm. And my wife sedated me for a few years before we got married, oh. uh, Sabina, and finally clear uh, everything off the motorway and transport both Sabina and Ursula to the hospital. Ursula was admitted to the hospital for her severely fractured legs, um, which is a funny way to put it, but that's what it is, I guess, that's medically. What it was. Um, Sabina, on the other hand, was completely fine. She was taken to the police station where her personality took a total 180 she was no longer hysterical and screaming but a completely normal calm and even somewhat charming person flirting and talking cooperatively with police officers you know art we've been over this talking normally to people uh -huh. making eye contact flirting hey uh andy your eyes are beautiful you have a lovely smile i want to wear your ass as a hat very good that is a normal thing to say to your friends, Art. Okay. I'm learning. And listeners, get ready for another twist. <laughs> Sabina and Ursula took a drug test. No traces of any drugs or alcohol were found. None. Well. Because, I mean, that's the first thing people say. But right. Nothing. Now, Ursula spends the rest of the story in the hospital recovering from ran over by a truck-itis. Mm -hmm. So, we'll say goodbye to her for now. Bye, Ursula. Goodbye. But Sabina... Oh, listeners, her story continues, and it gets even wilder. 
So Sabina pleads guilty to trespassing on the motorway and throwing a mean left hook on that motorway patrol officer. While in police custody, she remarks, We say in Sweden that an accident rarely comes alone. Usually at least one more follows, maybe two. Ominous. (laughs) Foreshadowing. Yeah. Sabina was sentenced to one day in custody for which she got time served after spending the night in police custody. Essentially, they arrested her. She was brought in on like a Saturday evening. She spent pretty much most of Saturday night and Sunday in jail and released Monday morning uh, sentenced to a day. But they considered spending the night on Sunday as time served. She She was was already there for a whole day. Essentially, she was free to go. Right. She and Ursula were never given a full psychiatric evaluation. Important to know. Yeah. And uh, Sabina then, of course, she's free to go. She leaves the police station and wanders around Stoke-on-Trent attempting to track down which hospital her sister was at. She's literally carrying all her possessions in a large, clear plastic bag. You know, like you get when you leave jail. We've all been there. Sure. Um, at around 7 p.m., Glenn Hollinshead, a 54-year-old retired Royal Air Force airman, was out walking his dog with his friend Peter Malloy. They encounter Sabina after she shouts at them from across the street about Glenn's dog looking nice, and the three strike up a conversation. Glenn's dog's looking nice. Uh, Sabina seemed somewhat normal, albeit nervous, which kind of worried Peter. Sabina remarks that she's lost and looking for her sister who is hospitalized. Eventually, she asks for directions to a nearby hotel or bed and breakfast. Uh, Glenn offers to let her crash at his place, which is just down the road, because uh, there weren't any good places to stay nearby. According to Peter, this was just Glenn's nature. He was a good Samaritan type. So the three uh, go back to Glenn's place and have a few drinks. Sabina's behavior worsens a bit. She's constantly peering out the window and acting nervously. The fellas liken this to her possibly running away from an abusive partner. Sabina's behavior throws up even more red flags. At one point in the night, she offers the men some cigarettes, only to immediately snatch the cigs back out of their mouths, claiming they could be poisoned. A little before midnight, Peter leaves, and Sabina spends the night at Glenn's place. The next day, at around 7.40 p.m., Glenn made some food and then went outside to ask his neighbor if he could spare any tea bags. Apparently, Glenn must have been out. The neighbor says, sure, he'll bring them over as soon as he finishes up washing his car, and Glenn heads back inside. A minute later, Glenn staggers out, bleeding profusely from four stab wounds. He says to his neighbor, I've been stabbed. She stabbed me, and collapses to the ground. The neighbor calls the police immediately while Glenn utters his last words. Look after my dog for me. He died moments later. Glenn, not the dog. Yes, thank you, Andy. Now, uh, Sabina immediately flees the house and runs wildly up the street in a deranged and rabid manner. Again, CCTV security cameras capture her erratically hitting herself in the head with a hammer as she flees. A passing motorist, Joshua Gradage, saw her self-flagellation and noticed Sabina was covered in blood. He decided to pull over and attempt to restrain the hammer from her. The two wrestled before Sabina screams and, in a move which I can only describe as would have been cool if performed in a no-holds-barred hardcore WWE match, That's right. uh, pulls a roofing tile out of her pocket and smacks Joshua in the back of the head. 
stunning him and allowing her ample time to escape. It is a pretty funny move. It would be a cool move. I mean, keep a roofing tile in your pocket in case you ever need to get away. Uh, So uh, she hits uh, Joshua and uh, runs away. Uh, This is just as two paramedic vehicles uh, start chasing after her. The paramedics eventually catch up to Sabina and corner her at a bridge crossing, Heron Cross, which passes over the four-lane A50 roadway. Sabina climbs the bridge railing and jumps onto the roadway. She falls 12 meters, or about 40 feet, shattering both her ankles, fracturing her skull. Yeah. Sends chills down Annie's spine. But she was alive. Yeah. She was taken to the hospital where she recovered until June 6, 2008, when she was officially arrested. Then, on September 11, 2008... Never forget. Never forget. She was discharged from the hospital and taken into police custody and charged with the murder of Glenn Holland's head. Hey, Art, let's check back in with our old friend Ursula Erickson, huh? Yeah, let's do it. She was also released from from the hospital uh, in September and pretty uneventfully relocated back to the United States. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, meanwhile, back in the UK, uh, Sabina's trial was scheduled for the next year, February 2009, but was postponed until September 1st, 2009 due to difficulties in the English courts obtaining Sabina's medical records from Sweden. Under extensive police interrogation, Sabina replied no comment to each of their questions. We have very little evidence from Sabina's perspective of what happened that night. She did plead guilty to manslaughter with diminished responsibility, however. Also, at no point during the trial was the video footage of the M6 motorway incident shown. Both the prosecution and the defense agreed that Sabina was clinically insane at the time of the murder, but was sane now. Art. Yeah. You got a big brain to match your big hog. That's right. How is it possible to be insane at one point and sane in another? Andy, I'm glad you asked. Uh, As you know, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology, which not only allows me to armchair diagnose anyone I see fit, (laughs) but also allows me to aggregate points taken from our research. Yeah, (laughs) you you do. You know this stuff. The defense proposed that Sabina was a secondary sufferer of full ado. For full. I don't know. I don't know how to say French (laughs) or in English shared psychosis. Her sister Ursula was the primary sufferer. Ursula essentially shared her psychosis, her delusional beliefs and and hallucinations with her sister, allegedly. However, this does fall in line with them being so close, right? Mm -hmm. The court also proposed that Sabina suffered from a rare psychiatric disorder that made her hear voices, but was unable to interpret them. They also discussed an alternative theory that Sabina suffered from acute polymorphic delusional disorder. Now, delusional disorders are a broad topic. In the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, delusional disorders have six subtypes, right? But it mostly centers around delusions uh, without, you know, any of the accompanying hallucinations, mood disorders, thought disorders, or emotional blunting, which is what separates it from things like schizophrenia. Essentially, a person with a delusional disorder can live a seemingly functional and quote-unquote normal life, kind of depending on the strength and type of delusion, of course. Um, Anyway, Andy, 
You got a big gallbladder to match your big hog. Mm-hmm. Yep. So why don't we wrap up this case and talk about the judge's final verdict? Mm, you got it, Art, from the man with the large and consequential organs. <laughs> uh, Sabina's guilty plea was accepted a year later on September 2nd, 2010. She was sentenced to five years in prison, and with her 439 days in custody considered time served, she was eligible for release just a year later in 2011. And released in 2011, she was. That's right. Justice Saunders had this to say in response to criticism from many, including Glenn's family. I understand that this, quote, I'm quoting here. That's right. I understand that this sentence will seem entirely inadequate to the relatives of the deceased. However, I have sentenced on the basis that the reason for the killing was the mental illness and therefore the culpability of the defendant is low and therefore the sentence I have passed is designed to protect the public. It is not designed to reflect the grief the relatives have suffered or to measure the value of Mr. Holland's head's life. No sentence that I could pass could do that. It is a sentence which I hope fairly measures a truly tragic event. Sabina was suffering from delusions which she believed to be true, and they dictated her behavior. It is not one of those cases where the defendant could have done something to avoid the onset. End quote. So, Art, Sabina was released in 2011 and pretty much disappeared. Some sources say she now lives in Norway, but no one really knows her whereabouts. Ursula still lives in the USA and is a member of a Christian church in Washington State. Should we jump into some conspiracies to explain just what the fuck went on here? <laughs> well, listeners and Andy, I'm sure that this bizarre case left you scratching your head, or for our headless listeners out there, your exposed cartoonish neck hole that occasionally squirts blood for comedic horror effect. We know you're out there, headless listeners. You gotta, you gotta include everybody. We don't know how you're listening to this, but we know you're out there. I just want, you know, just saying. Anyway, the family of Glenn Hollinshead had a lot of questions themselves, right? They, along with David McCann and Sharon McKellar, sought to uncover the truth of what happened. They believe, based on the evidence presented and the footage cut from the final release of the BBC documentary Madness in the Fast Lane, that there is a large conspiracy to cover up the truth of this case. Andy... You're awfully dense. Thank you. Why don't you discuss some of the questionable evidence of this case, and then we'll jump into the missing footage. Thank you, Art. I do always sink in water. Uh, I can't float. First off, the Hollinshead family has had considerable difficulty obtaining the court documents and evidence bundle related to this case, which begs the question, if this case was so cut and dry, why won't they show their work? Second off, why do we have virtually no record of Sabina from 2000 to 2006? We know her son Simon traveled to America to live with Ursula around 2000, but why don't we know anything about Sabina? Furthermore, why is there zero footage of the twins from their alleged ferry trip from Ireland to England? There are CCTV cameras all over the place, especially at border entrances. How come no witnesses recall the twins at all? Finally, the evidence the McCann team was able to recover reveals some shoddy work. The coroner's report includes no toxicology report. Furthermore, no measurements of the murder weapon are given. Diagrams of the alleged knife used to stab Glenn and diagrams of the stab wound suggest that there may have been a second weapon and possibly an accomplice. There's no witnesses to the murder, so we can't say for certain. 
But the coroner who worked on Glenn's murder was also discovered to have done incompetent work on two other cases, Tomlinson and Jimenez. Could this guy be covering up something? All right, let's talk about the suspicious footage left on the cutting room floor, all of which is linked in our show notes. One piece of footage uncovered by these McCann sleuths and uploaded to YouTube shows the motorway patrol officers discussing what to do with Sabina and Ursula. The officer describes the situation as a code 136, which is which is police shorthand for section 136 of the 1983 Mental Health Act in the UK. This section essentially states that if police or emergency workers are dealing with someone who is clearly mentally ill, they can detain them and 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 transport them to a safe place like a hospital or a police station, kind of without reading them the rights. Um, it also states that these detained persons are to be given a psychiatric examination, and they can't be held for more than 72 hours. The only reason they're held up to 72 hours is to ensure that they get this psychiatric examination. The sleuth team wonders, why was this footage left out of the final release? And if Sabina and Ursula were code 136, why were they never given a psychiatric examination? Who was trying to hide that the motorway patrol officers clearly saw code 136, but did not follow up on it? Second, a scene was cut where a police officer describes calling Sabina's family back in Ireland and alerting them to her whereabouts. The officer then says that Sabina's family had no idea where she was or what she was doing or why she was over here, over here being in England. But, The McCann group wonders, didn't the twins go back to the police station in Liverpool and report that her children were in danger? Wouldn't this police officer see some sort of record of that? Wouldn't her family know of her whereabouts if the Liverpool police had the Irish police check up on Sabina's home? Why was this footage uh, cut from the documentary? Great question, Art. Uh, Missing footage from a documentary is one thing. I mean... I know a lot of minute scenes in films I've done have been cut for time before. What? Never mind that. But uh, what about some of the other points in the story that begs the question? Wait, what? (laughs) For example, why was Sabina given such a short sentence for the motorway incident? Why did the twins simply leave the police station in Liverpool after reporting Sabina's family was in danger? Why did the cops at the motorway station just let them go without searching their bags, giving their bizarre behavior? The McCann sleuth team theorizes this, that the Erickson twins were under observation by some higher level government agency, whether it be MI5 or CIA or whatever. And thus, because they were, quote, under ABO, that is under observation, they were given a pass whenever encountering the police because they were intended for another purpose. See, this is a lot like any mafia or gangster movie in which the FBI eventually surveils or wiretaps a mid-tier or lower-level member of the crime organization, but lets their crime slide because it might lead to catching a higher-tier member. Catching the kingpin, Art. That's right. Uh, McCann lists three major instances where he believes the Ericsons were flagged for under ABO and given a pass by law enforcement. Flag one. Let's count them up in order. Let's go. Flag one. (laughs) The women go to the police station in Liverpool and say their children are in danger. (laughs) 
<laughs> number one on the charts from <laughs> Liverpool. Uh, the, the women go to the police station in Liverpool and say their children are in danger back home in Ireland. A few moments later, they leave. Why would the police just let them leave if they just reported their children in danger? Flag two. The Neil Motorway Service Station worker calls the police because she's nervous about the twins possibly carrying a bomb. Law enforcement do a name check. Send three officers and the twins are free to go. Wouldn't suspicion of a bomb threat garner a little more police presence? Why wasn't their bag searched? Flag three. Sabina is released from police custody after the motorway incident. She trespassed and assaulted a cop and only got a day sentenced, which they gave her time served. Why was she given no monitoring? Why was she not given a psychiatric examination? Who knows if the twins were under observation or what government agencies could have been interested in what information they could provide? What were the, what were the Erickson twins? Good question, Andy. One speculation is that the twins allegedly were drug mules. Hmm. This lines up with their strange behavior involving their bags. It also fits the idea of them being under observation by a government agency. Were the Ericsons involved in some kind of criminal activity that could have led authorities to reel in that bigger crime fish? Well, is that why they got a pass and a pass and go every time they encountered police? In fact, Andy, the twins' brother, Bjorn, uh, commented to a Swedish publication that his sisters were, quote, being chased by lunatics, end quote. Could these lunatics have been some sort of criminal organization? Or, Art, was it a government organization? Oh. Because another theory is that the twins were a part of an MK Ultra program gone wrong. From what we know about MKUltra, it was a CIA program started in the 1960s that sought to mind control an individual and was tested illegally on unsuspecting citizens. High doses of LSD and other drugs were used. They also tested various frequencies and waves on the human brain in order to communicate thoughts inside a person's mind. For more information on MKUltra, see our very first episode of this podcast where we dive into the topic in full. The twins could have been a part of a covert mind control program. A high dose of various types of drugs would make them delusional and could help explain their miraculous recovery from the motorway incident. Is this why there's no record of Sabina for almost six years? Is this why the twins were brushed off by police? What purpose would this program serve? How does this relate to the murder of Glenn Hollinshead? Perhaps the twins themselves were afraid of being murdered. Sabina screaming they'll steal your organs while being captured by police on the M6 motorway has many theorists believing that she and her sister might be part of a cloning program meant to harvest organs. But a speculation like this begs the question, why wouldn't the twins be taken in and disappear forever if they were runaway clones? Hey, runaway clones kind of sounds like the title for a romantic movie. And you know, Art, I love me some clone-on-clone action. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Or original specimen on clone action. (laughs) Speaking of action, though, Art, a number of theorists also believe that the Erickson twins were satanic super soldiers possessed by the devil based on their miraculous recovery from their injuries. But a theory like that kind of brings up more questions than it answers. Uh, But, Art, I know I can be a little devilish, too, when I get my hands on some deviled eggs. Andy, you little scamp. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, 
I know must, you must feel a little devilish, too, after ingesting the whole enchilada of information we just gave you. And some of my little deviled eggs. <laughs> oh, no. What have we created <laughs> about this bizarre case? What exactly were the Erickson twins? Were they part of some kind of government observation? Were they on the run from an MK Ultra experiment gone wrong? Why did the th- authorities forego basic protocol for this case, like a psychiatric examination? BBC cameras caught a horrific sight that day on the M6 motorway. It showed us one of the most extraordinary true crime cases ever witnessed. But did it also show us a cover-up that led to the death of an innocent man? Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, listeners, this is Art. Uh, This is not an ad. This is a compliment. You're listening to this podcast while working out. Good for you. Keep up the good work. I think you look great. Anyway, if you feel so inclined, after you're done lifting and sweating, or whatever you're doing to work out, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps the show. We would appreciate it. All right. Back to the show. Bye-bye. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. That hey, was our, nice to see you again. Nice to see you again. That was our discussion. Or that fuck. was our research. I am all tripped up today, Andy. <laughs> uh, that was our research of the Erickson twins case. Thanks again to Justin for sending that in. Justin um, from Arlington Heights. Justin Link. Justin Link. Um, Andy. Whoo, baby. This has got a lot of holes, huh? You can call this the Swiss cheese case. <laughs> <laughs> because it's got a lot of holes and it is funky. Yeah. Um, blanket statements. Get them out there. Cover um, me up. What? Said, cover me up with those blanket statements. Up. Oh, okay. Cover I want to be nice like and warm. Like a blanket. Uh, Cozy. <laughs> well, I don't want to stitch myself in here, but uh, I'm going to say this is a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Andy, you're really uh, you're really making a stretch there, man. This Look, is so fucking weird. I'm going weird. out on a limb. Uh, it's it's weird. Um, and From my every God, step of the way, it gets weirder. Listeners, do yourselves a favor and like, I'm I'm serious. Like, I I told Art this a little bit ago before we started recording that I watched um one of the video links that's in the uh it's a it's a 60 minutes uh, Australia um video link of this case. And they show the footage from the Motorway Cops like episode where this got recorded. And I missed the part at the beginning where they said it was like being filmed by Motorway Cops. So I didn't have that context. Mm-hmm. And so I'm watching this and I'm like, is this a dramatic reenactment? Like this is like, but <laughs> but then I'm like, wait, but this looks like the real people. And then I go back and it's like, oh, they co- it's. It's absolutely insane to me how well they captured this on camera. You literally can see Ursula 
like cartoonishly rolling into the tires yeah. of this truck. If you on don't want to see, I mean, there's no like gore or blood. No, um, but, but if it's you're distressing a little bit. Distressed, if you, or if you're feeling, you know, if you don't like the sight of people being bodily harmed, it's if, not like you don't like see. It's just, you know you see it, but it's not like it's the focal. He the the camera is it's just in the bottom of the frame. Yeah, the the camera has the two officers kind of talking to each other because the cameras don't fucking they don't know what they don't know this them. is going to happen. Yeah, so they're not focused on them. Yeah, and Ursula you, Ursula and Sabina are being like are talking to another officer, and uh, two of the other officers are like being interviewed, and then Ursula just takes off and just gets rolled up on by this truck. You know what, Andy? I have to say that uh, Australia 60 Minutes, they are. Uh, oh, God. Here we go. Good day, Andy. They've done a. Uh, <laughs> there it is. Ah. <laughs> uh, they're not uh, drinking any. Drinking heaps of. Uh, heaps of. Uh, it's a real beauty. You know, they didn't go down to the bottle shop, which for you Americans is uh, the liquor store. You know, a real dag, which is a funny person. Oh, boy. Gala. They're not galas. Ah. Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Art Australian podcast. Mate. Stubby. I'm gonna, I am going to have a stubby after watching uh, Australia. 60 minutes. You Stubby's stubby. a small beer. Oh. I mean, you had a small erection, small erection after watching 60 Minutes Australia. Yeah, I was stoked. <laughs> uh, that one translates pretty well. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm wearing my thongs. What, your sandals, your flip-flops? Yeah, my flippy floppies. <laughs> and then I'm going to go to the dunny, take a shit. Because I'm a real sick cunt and I love shitting on the dunny. God. Dunny's a toilet. Good day. Ah. like all australians periodically just bury your entire mouth of bag and put them in the yate what a bag and throw them in the yate throw my dunny in the yate for our australian listeners we know you love this authentic australian accent he's a real fair dinkum nope lost it anyway Um, Australian six minutes though really if if you're gonna watch one video from our research watch that one because it sums it up great. really well it's great um, and the footage is incredible yeah. from from the the stuff on the motorway to in the police station the drastic change is incredible <sighs> Sabina I, I Sabina s- just like flips completely I feel the same way Andy this is such a weird ca- there's so many questions. There's so many questions. It's no surprise to me that I'm shocked that this isn't covered more because it has conspiracy written all over it. I mean, Justin suggested this and I had never heard of it before. I'm going to be honest with I you. I had Justin no connection to this. It and I did a bunch of research and I was like, seems pretty cut and dry. I don't really know where there's. And then all of a sudden I stumbled upon. I mean, obviously you're left with all these questions, but then you start really thinking about it and you're like, yeah, how the fuck is there no footage of them on the ferry? Mm-hmm. They're at a border entrance. <laughs> There's yeah. going to be footage. There's like gotta be something. someone's going to recognize that they entered the country. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then it's like they go to the police and they say, I mean, let's just start from the top here. They go to the police in Liverpool and they say, 
my children are in danger, and then they just leave? Yeah. What? That is not, that doesn't happen. You don't just say, oh, yeah, uh, I think my children might have been kidnapped. Here's some- anyway, I'm, I got to go. I'm gonna, I got to catch a Greyhound. I got to go on the Megabus. I'll see you later. Here's something to think about. I mean, maybe people who take the Megabus do do things like that, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, for for our non-U.S. listeners, the Megabus is like a big bus that if you order enough, if you if you buy your ticket enough in advance, you can ride it for as low as a dollar. So are you serious? Yeah, I think that's still a thing. That used to be a thing anyway. Um, it's kind of like get an the idea National of- Express coach, but way shittier <laughs> right yeah like i mean the type of people that you encounter on the mega bus the pipeline from ohio to chicago is probably mostly people who have done or are doing meth yes is what we're saying um, no offense to the mega bus right i mean it's it's other people too it's just listen if you're in college and you got to get home to ohio cheap mm-hmm you think, I mean, not everything is fucking Virgin Airways, Andy. That's <laughs> the height of luxury. Not everybody grew up like me in the lap of luxury. <laughs> Took a private jet to school yeah. every day. Every day. Didn't even need to. School was next door. So already, I mean, red flags, raising questions, and then you're like, oh, okay, so maybe you just say like, whatever. I, I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. they went to some fucking small police precinct and they just did shit wrong. Well, here's what I'm. Here's what I'm. Here's what I'm saying, Art. Like. If you say, I think my children are in danger, the police don't detain you for that. You're, sure. You're reporting a crime. You're not you're not suspected of committing a crime yet. Right. They they don't detain you. I mean- I still think that they would keep you to be like, hey, we're going to check up on this. And I still think it's weird that they would leave. I, you know, if they, what if what if the sisters were like, oh, we need to step out. We want to get a cup of coffee. And then they just never come back. The police aren't going to be like, no, please don't leave. Yeah, I guess you're right. Okay. If they collected if they collected information enough to like follow up on this and then they say, Okay, come back in, you know, go, we'll check up on this, come back in like half an hour, and we can give you more information and they just never come back. Okay. All right. Regardless, still weird, still bizarre. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just raised. Gonna, I'm gonna, it's a it's a you're question. You're playing devil's but, advocate. But I'm trying to like think about this from every angle. Yeah, here. you're making sense of it. Um then they get on the bus. They're mm-hmm. acting weird. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. They get kicked off the bus. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're yeah, left the footage. This- the footage on the bus is interesting too because they literally are just like sitting there. Like when we say clutching their bags, like that's not an exaggeration. Like they just, they like sitting there with the bags in their laps, like cradling the footage on the bus. The, the, the footage from the bus of them like holding their bags. There's footage in the movie? Yeah. And I'm, whoa, is this not... Did I misinterpret what I what I saw? Was that not real footage? Was it a dramatization? Uh, maybe. <laughs> boy. Boy, now I'm questioning myself. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I the, six, the 60 Minutes video has thrown me for a loop. I don't know what's real anymore. This footage was so That's good on the motorway. That's how they are. <laughs> 60 Minutes uh, Australia did a great piece... On Jasmine for breatharianism. <laughs> now they've done a great piece hey, on this. Jasmine. Ah, Jasmine. <laughs> All right, I gotta. Okay, let's keep talking. But I'm gonna look for. Put this, her in the Ute. Um, this bus footage. Okay, let's see if it's real footage. Regardless, you know. Okay, I'll let this slide too. They're at the motorway station. You know, person's like, I'm nervous about these people, and then the police officers just kind of come up. 
talk to him and then let him go. Okay, fine. I mean, I guess I'm, I kind of have to not look at it from an American's perspective. And I do kind of want to discuss that, how different this case would be if it was in America. <laughs> they would have already been dead if this was in America. Well, the police would have shot them okay. for sure. <laughs> they would have at least searched their bag probably, right? And then if they didn't, you know, and I, I don't know. They're acting kind of suspicious. And if somebody's like, hey, I think these fucking weird, suspicious twins from Sweden who got kicked off a bus might have a bomb. You know, I think that is like cause to maybe like, hey, like, hey, can we search your bag, please? Like, yeah, I I mean, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> OK, OK, wait, here it is. Was this is this them on the bus? Actually, is this footage from them on the bus or is this a dramatization? Uh... There's there's clearly some dramatized parts of it around it, but I can't tell if this is. I'm not sure if this is actual dramatization okay, or real footage. showing me on his phone some footage. That's B-roll. That's drama. That's that's dramatization. Andy. Okay. <laughs> There's uh, no way a camera was. <laughs> but they could have, they could have, you know. Didn't BBC have to be... wasn't following them at this point. Yeah, but maybe there was a camera on the bus is what right. I'm saying. There's cameras everywhere now. Well, well, that's one of the things. That's that, one of the things about this case is that all over the UK there's CCTV cameras, right? Um, so, okay, well, I'm having a Mandela effect moment, I guess, and I yeah. thought this was not. So I recant my statement about them clutching the thing. That 60 minutes tricked me. That's right, and I will be filing a lawsuit. So 60 well, minutes Australia, you'll be hearing from me. You also got uh, hit in the head. <laughs> that's true. I'm not in my right mind right now. <laughs> um, okay, so, I mean, then we kind of go, let's get to the actual incident. Right. They're on the motorway. They get kicked off the bus. They go to the median. You know, a lot of conspiracy theorists like to say, oh, isn't it just so convenient that the camera, I mean, yeah, it is it convenient is. that a camera showed up. Yeah, you know, I mean, at first, at first when, when we, when like starting to look at this, I was like, it does seem strange that a camera crew just happened to be here for such a wild event, but camera crews capture weird stuff all the time. It could it it just as it just as easily could have. We never we never are talking about all the other times that a camera crew goes went with these motorway cops and they recorded absolutely nothing interesting. So much just yeah yeah. I mean it's like footage. we're we're we're. F- we're we're building this false equivalency to a conspiracy because of just a strange coincidence. We would have had CCTV footage of it anyway. So the fact that yeah, there's other footage aside from what the BBC shot because you can see them from the CCTV cameras. Yes. Like that's they dispatched the police because they could see it on the CCTV cameras. Right. Um. So I think the fact that these camera and and then it's like the camera crew they're like oh they're you know. The camera crew isn't positioned on them. The camera crew's not really worried about them. The camera crew is focused on the police. It's about motorway police. officers, yeah. which I can't remember if motorway officers are actual police officers or not. I think I think their duty is like literally to make sure that traffic is keeps flowing. They're literally just like they take care of the highway mm, and they okay. make sure that like if there's people, they help them. If they make sure that the traffic flows. I don't know. I'm not from the UK. So so it could be like like in this country, like the the series about like parking enforcement officers where they're not like police, but they're like Right. They're like they work for the city. They're like yes. they're like yes. they're government they're yes. government employees, but they their job is not to like enforce 
laws broadly, but it's to it's to handle a very specific subset of yeah. of laws or something. Fucking incredible that there were no accidents. I mean, literally, you can see in the footage from the CCTV cameras, like the car, because she runs out, the truck fucking screeches to a halt. All the other cars are like, what the fuck? They're slowing down, like stopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. Then that this Sabina did, gets hit. It's amazing that this didn't result in a humongous pileup. Yes. Incredible. Um, I mean, <sighs> fuck. I mean, where do we even start, Andy? You know, one thing that one thing that we, we talked about in the research is that, um, you know, the motorway officers are discussing this being a 136, like a possible mental illness situation and that gets cut from the final footage i mean um you know like you said if the if these if these motorway officers aren't real cops are they like adequately trained and equipped to handle such a situation Uh, or are they simply aware of it and say well maybe we need to get actual law enforcement involved to handle this no one of the their okay so the eventually the police do show up like police officers Mm -hmm. show up and the motorway cop is talking to the police cop saying, I think this is a code 136. And then that's when the officer is like. So the 136 stuff is very bizarre. You could spin it both ways where they're trying to hide something or they're just trying to cover up that like somebody fucked up and didn't give these people a psychiatric examination. It's like we can't show that they said 136 earlier because they ended up not doing that shit. And then this bitch went on to fucking murder somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It it that I'll, I'll say this, like just like talking about as evidence, it's not super compelling to me, right? Like, why would the BBC protect the police? Well, in this case, is it the BBC, Andy, or is it a bigger organization? Like, I know the BBC is government controlled, like yeah, for sure. But but like, I mean. In terms of their own independence, wouldn't that be like a big boon for them? That like, oh, there was this murder and we found out the police were acting irresponsibly. Yeah. Like that would seem to be like a thing. I mean, I get it. That's where people are going to say like, I mean, hey. regardless of whether they include that footage or not, that question the, still lingers. The, Why the, would yeah, they never give the it the a footage, psychiatric The footage is kind of immaterial. Like, I mean, it it obviously never happened. Like Two people... Like, even even if, like, we take away all the delusional disorder, all that shit, two people ran out onto the highway. What are you first thinking? Drugs? Suicide? Yeah. Why would they still not be given a psychiatric examination if for, if anything, for suicidal thoughts? Yeah, a lot of people jump to, like, drugs and alcohol usage or, like, something like that or that people are off their medication. But, like, even if you take away all of the chemical aspects of it, it just seems like, oh, these are two people who are trying to commit suicide. Right. Like, and who knows, maybe they have a suicide pack, maybe, you know, like, I agree with you 100%. Like, no matter what, in this situation, you think that a psych, especially if it's a thing that exists already in the law, uh, you would say that you were not being responsible, I'm sure, by not giving this person a psychological evaluation, especially in light of the fact that... Like Sabina's personality changes completely. Yeah, when they get her to the police station, like I mean, all the kicking and screaming. She comes out of the hospital and just gets into the back of the police car and is like, "Okay, like, like I understand why you're like, taking cool, me." Cool, wherever you guys want to go, wherever you're going. Yeah, you could take me to the police station. We will go to the police. <laughs> She's German now. You could take me to the police station. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what this. 
You can take me to you the can police take station. Me to the police station. Oh, look at how cute we we have a saying in Sweden. I'll comply with your laws, <laughs> except for the ones about murder. <laughs> I don't respect those laws. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's just so much weird shit. Like, I don't know. I guess it's just probably like. Knowing that in America, if you did this and then also assaulted a police officer, you would never get a day. <laughs> I, day. I would have to think that even in the UK, like she punches a fucking cop in the face. Yeah. But I guess they're trying to say like she's mentally ill. But then it's like, well, okay, where's the examination? Yeah, right. I mean, either I mean, way, it's a failure on the part of, of law enforcement. And then it's a failure on the part of, of the judicial system also. Like... <sighs> Like if the courts were the magistrate, this, yeah. Why didn't the why didn't the barristers, yeah. <laughs> the magistrate and the barristers failed us, Harry Potter? <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, UK <laughs> listeners. Listen, I've been to London. It was it was nice. I loved Edinburgh. Loved oh, Scotland. Okay. Oh God, Scotland's okay. so beautiful. Um, I'd go back in a heartbeat. Like we apologize to all of our international listeners when yeah. we mock your accents. Uh, it's not. It's not that we want to. You do You can it. mock us. Mock us. We're idiots, and we deserve your scorn. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a real like failing on a lot of different levels to not properly psychologically. Okay, and then there's the, the footage of the officer calling home, saying that these people like and. At nowhere at any point in time do we ever hear from the husband or partner or children. That's what I want to know. That's the real thing for me is like, what happened to Sabina's family? They just don't talk. Yeah. The kid refuses to talk. Simon? I mean, people like, I'm sure, you know, people like shit on this kid all day and he probably doesn't like how old are these kids? Like, I mean, she, the kid was 24 at like time. What was the, how old was the other kid? I don't know anything about the other kids. See, it's like that's interesting to me because I don't like, know she anything just, about the partner. She just abandons her family, basically, if they and, even existed. And there's no, there's no like indication about how long they were gone, or you know what I mean, like for how long she had been away from them in Dublin. Like it's just like, oh, they show up in Liverpool, but who knows? They might, she might have not been home for like months. Yeah, we have no idea. We have no idea. It's so bizarre. That's the weirdest shit. Yeah, yeah. you would think that, like, if anything, like the like. In most cases, people kind of like chirp because people ha- sometimes have a hard time keeping quiet <laughs> about anything. I mean, yeah. fucking like look at the O.J. Simpson case. It's like every single one of them except for Judge Ito wrote a fucking book Yeah, about it. Yeah. And, they, people can't stop talking about stuff. I mean, maybe yeah. I'm, I'm generalizing a little bit too much. These are non from my American point of view, where I'm like, everybody wants to talk about themselves. <laughs> from your friggin' vain-ass point of view. <laughs> you know, uh, though, I, I do think that, that a lot of people want their 15 minutes of fame, and they think that it's a good platform for them to tell their story and to make a little bit of money on the side. But, you know, I think for some people, they value their privacy more than that. And I guess you so. know, it's like if her, if her partner was uh, like, hey, this situation is really like, you know, who knows, maybe... Uh, maybe maybe Sabina had a history of mental illness and the partner's well aware of it. And uh, maybe Sabina has erratic behavior throughout her life and disappears at times. And they are very terrified by this, but we they don't really know to accept it. And everything we're told is that they were pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, that's what we're told. Yeah. I mean, 
let's face it, we're diving into a conspiracy theory. Are we just going to accept that <laughs> ah, they were fine? Like, there's no, the evidence is just not compelling to say that, yeah, she was fine before. Ursula was fine before. Yeah. Ursula's fine now. Who knows? People could say you're fine, but like in private, you could be like, like on the verge of a complete uh, mental break. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously they like, I'll tell her this. She played her cards real right, just saying no comment to everything. Got five years. Mm-hmm. Manslaughter with diminished responsibility. <laughs> and she was already in jail for 439 days. Custody. Before that, so. So, yeah. Uh, she wasn't, didn't even have to go to like a maximum security or like an actual prison complex. She right. was just in a holding jail. Yeah. Um. You know, I think there's kind of this thing where it's like, oh, this... Super convenient, very rare mental illness that she just so happens to have that solves everything up in a nice, neat little bow. On the one hand, you're kind of like, okay, sure. Mental illnesses exist. Delusional disorders exist. That's why they're in the DSM. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, it's like, it's pretty fucking convenient that she has <laughs> a delusional disorder that can pop up at one moment and go away at the next <laughs> Yeah, if there is some big cover up, right? But let's be honest about that mental illness aspect that nothing that's been proposed about what happened to either of them is inconsistent with what established we know about mental health disorders. You know what I mean? No. Okay, I said it pretty poorly. That was a weird sentence. <laughs> that was it was constructed wrong. Uh, <laughs> nothing nothing that the twins Nothing that's been proposed about the twins' mental health is inconsistent with established knowledge of mental health disorders. True. It's not that somebody had to invent a new class of mental disorder to help explain this from a distance. The stuff that they've exhibited, I mean, again, it's too bad that there was never a freaking psychological evaluation done so that someone could actually study this. Well, that's why it seems to to the cover-up people somewhat convenient. Right, they just slap her with, oh, you know, there's other stuff that the cover-up team uncovered. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. <laughs> no, no, they did it backwards. <laughs> the McCann sleuths. Um, they found Boy, that- you love citizen sleuths. Uh, I love it. Hey, if you're out there sleuthing, get at me. <laughs> you sleuthy sloth. Come find art. <laughs> you know there's McGruff the crime dog? I want sleuthy sloth. Sleuthy sloth. <laughs> Sleuth. The slowest private eye. <laughs> he sleeps 20 hours a day. He doesn't have time to investigate crime. Yeah, he's got a diet mostly of eucalyptus. That's koalas. And that's koalas. <laughs> ah! There we go. That's koalas. There it is. Ah. Don't touch them. They're poisonous. Uh, anyway, fuck. What was I trying to say? They uncovered that the prosecution and defense, like, are from the same building. Like, they all worked, like, everyone worked together. And so they're kind of saying, like, they created a story. And that's why she only oh, got, like... because she had, like, a public defender? I don't know what she had. If she had mm-hmm. public defender or something else. But I'm just saying that, like, the coroner, the prosecution, the defense, the... uh the examiners, the psychiatric examiners for the prosecution mm-hmm. and defense were kind of all from a, a similar 
they all have worked together before. They're all from a similar building. So they're kind of saying like, it'd be very easy for them to tie a little bow around this and um, um, say, you know, come up with a story. Maybe we should stop speculating about the fucking case and just say like, Andy, what do you think about the cover-up? What do you think the cover-up is? Is it drugs? Is it MK Ultra? Uh, you know, I mean, the thing we always come back to with MK Ultra type stuff is that there's just no real like evidence that it that it was like done that it could be done successfully. I mean, yeah. the only thing the only thing that like even came close is when we talked about Bobby Kennedy with Sirhan Sirhan, and like the psychology expert could make Sirhan Sirhan do the motion of like firing a gun, but we don't have any like evidence that. Um, I mean, it's like if they were MK Ultra, it's like, is the, the, like, let me make sure that my understanding is the same of yours in this case. If there's an MK Ultra type situation, it's that in the past, these two, like, especially Sabina, like, disappeared, was probably drugged repeatedly against her will at extremely high doses. And now her brain is just kind of ruined. That, or maybe they put in some kind of code, like, you know, how we also studied. Or looked into like the frequency and the waves and all that tech mm-hmm. that they were able to send messages to somebody's right. brain. Yeah. Um. What's her purpose? You know. Yeah. That's the thing. It's, it's like, very weird that like I mean Ursula lives in the USA. You know. There's all this shit. It's like they just disappear. There's just nothing of them. Well. Um. Yeah. And, and like disappearances. I mean, leads to that that speculation where somebody kind of drops off the map. It's like, Oh, are they being like, like administered in these druggings or whatever? But I don't know. It, it just is like, if I'm being honest, it feels a little flimsy to me. Okay. Like, like I, I'm not, I'm not very compelled by it, I guess. It's like, I don't know. It's just like, Oh, they acted weird. So, and they don't have like a long history of like easily identifiable, things that were in the public domain like oh clearly this person was being drugged and has some higher purpose and so they got lenient police sentences because i mean i have no idea is a day lenient in the uk maybe it's not maybe for the i mean maybe the sentencing guidelines stipulate that that's within the the thing and you know like you said if they're giving if they're saying that she's not totally culpable for actions because she was like diminished capacity then they might not give a big sentence. Like, I mean, yeah. I just, I, I don't know. It's like, it's one of those where I get where people are coming from with saying this is weird, but I don't, I just don't find it so compelling because we, we always come back to the same thing with MK Ultra, where it's like, if it, if it worked, like we probably would know about it already. Maybe. Like the church committee never uncovered anything that it worked. Yeah. It's been a long time since that though. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I and I I wonder what their purpose is. Like, what? Like, if they're MK Ultra experiments, why are they walking down the median of a six lane highway? Yeah, why aren't they just cooped up in some government facility or not allowed to leave the country or like what? Yeah, what were know? they doing? And it's like it. Like, I mean, when we're talking to MK Ultra, like I'm thinking like born identity stuff and like, right. This is the least born identity of anything I've ever they, seen. Maybe they could be cause they're fucking, I mean, the way uh, they they're shoot, tough. Yeah. <laughs> they're virtually indestructible. Yeah. 
these are some well-made Swedes, and um, you know, like Swedish engineering, like my Bjorn boots. Uh, these are some well-made Swedish things, and you know, I, uh, I like. I, I don't know though. It's just like to me, uh, you get back to purpose. It's Adrenaline's like, a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've seen videos of, and people don't believe this, but you can be shot. I've seen videos of break-ins where um, somebody comes in and robs a liquor store and somewhere in America and the guy has a gun and he's like, you know, he's breaking in he has a gun. He's trying to rob it. And the woman behind the counter at the liquor store also has a gun. And then her mom, who I guess she runs the liquor store with, also has a gun. And they shoot the the robber like fucking very as within the distance of you and I mm-hmm. the full capacity of, I think this is like, I don't know, like our a six no, shot. Art, revolver. Art and I, our noses are touching always when we're, doing well, we're like little, we like to give each other Eskimo kisses, right? It makes us feel safe during the recording. <laughs> no, we're a four foot table across from each other. Uh, anyway, unloads the full capacity of the revolver into this guy. He's still moving, mm-hmm. still going and he's mm-hmm. chasing them down. And then he chases them down and, Fucking like wrestles the gun, the empty gun away from the mom and then like uh, shoots the gun, but it's empty, thankfully, Mm -hmm. at the daughter. And then the daughter pumps a couple more rounds in him. And then they eventually they leave the store and they leave him there. He's bleeding out, gets back up, leaves the store himself Mm -hmm. until and then also was able to walk to a hospital uh, like a block or two away, Mm -hmm. check himself in where eventually the police captured him. I mean, this is obviously a very uh, out-of-the-box, cherry-picking kind of example, but adrenaline's a hell of a fucking drug, man. Some people are just built that way. Like, football players play with immense pain and injury, and they still do incredible. Fucking Josh Gordon of the... Uh, where is he on the Patriots right now? He's on the Patriots. Um, maybe. I think. He played every single game of his career intoxicated. Did yeah. you know that? Did you read about that? Yeah. This is a professional football player, and he's he's still b- one this, of the, the best wide receivers. This is a professional drug user. And a professional drug user. He played most of his college games high or intoxicated, most of his professional games. I mean, you have to think about that, how incredible that is. The, Some humans are just built different. Yeah. The, so, cli- the cliche example of adrenaline is the mother lifting the car yes. from off of the child. Yes. And like those, that's a cliche because it's a thing that can happen. It's a thing that does happen on occasion that, you know, people become possessed of super, seemingly superhuman strength um, when they have adrenaline and, you know, they have a real purpose for something. If you've never felt it before, listeners, adrenaline, truly, you get tunnel vision you have an out of body of experiment, out of body experience. <laughs> you just had an out of mouth experience. Yeah, I'm getting tongue tied. Um, this has got art worked up, and the I mean, the adrenaline just flows through. You don't you don't have control. It's it's crazy. It, it is a crazy thing that our bodies do. Yeah. So to say that, like, I'm just gonna say it right off the bat. You know that they're fucking super soldiers. That they're demonically possessed, satanic super soldiers, and that's why they could survive. No, they're just built different. They're they're athletic. They're athletic women. Uh, the the brother, <laughs> what? Go ahead. They're athletic women. They got an athletic build. 
I don't know why this is so funny to me. <laughs> the brother said that. I just thought you were going to like start describing their bodies in detail or something. I don't know. Thigh measurements. I mean, I've seen one of them crush a watermelon in between their legs on a chatterbait site. Whatever. <laughs> you want to say? You want to say it? It's me, Barnow. Barnow. You want to sign up? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Barnow. You want to sign up on Chatterbait? You want to watch a woman crush a watermelon in between her thighs? I like to do it. <laughs> I have fantasies. I'm Barnow. Still hunting the flowers monster. I love you. Anyway, I don't. I I believe that. You know. Oh, they don't have, she doesn't have any bruises. These things are bringing up no bruises, no bruising, everything. She's fine. It's like, I mean, we don't know. Like, did you fucking see pictures of her body? Like she's covered in, uh, like a jumpsuit. You can't mm-hmm. see her, but I'm sure she had fucking bruises. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, there's no, nothing that I saw shows they're like, <laughs> shows like the you know you you they're you can gown. see Ursula's legs, they're a little fucking mangled. They're very mangled. I mean, I'm sure that they probably didn't like like some kind of TMZ camera. The BBC maybe had a little bit more integrity where they didn't like they don't zoom in and show her fucking bones, compound fractures sticking mm, out of yeah. her legs. I mean, but you can see those legs are like destroyed. Yeah. And, you know, you're right, they're wearing sweaters, they're fully covered, like, there's no way to see bruising on their body, and, like, just because we don't see it on their, they have hair, like, they're not bald, you can't see bruises on the back of the face, on the back of the head, (laughs) on the back of the face. I mean, let's be honest, like, she ran in front of a car and got hit, kind of tumbles up, hits the windshield, and then just falls down. What what do you think she's going to be like mm-hmm. gashed? She's going to mm-hmm. be bleeding profusely? No, she just took like an impact. And it's and it's all about how you get hit, where you get hit, uh, everything. Stuntmen do it all the time. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm I'm going to say this again. I said this before. There's nothing about what happened to them that's inconsistent with our understandings of the human body. Like right. it's not that it's not that they're that them surviving is like a complete medical anomaly. Here's another question. It's strange, but not totally insane okay so sabina uh leaves police custody after the m6 motor excuse me i'm burping uh, <laughs> m6 motorway experiment experiment uh, incident uh <laughs> <laughs> ah, wait what do you know <laughs> uh, okay, wait, 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 here. So she's walking around stoke on trent mm-hmm. why didn't the fucking why did nobody tell her where her sister was staying why mm. is she just allowed to li- like what is going on like i mean if she got charged surely her sister would also have been charged right no sister was in hospital and they just kind of dropped the case because they just let it go she, she i mean she literally was in hospital for mm-hmm. months but the, easily the police could have made a call and found out where ursula was that's what i'm saying like but we don't know that the police didn't tell her that well, then why would she be walking around Stoke-on-Trent looking for her sister? Why would she run into the middle of traffic? Like, I mean, it's the same thing. True. It's the same question to me. We don't have any evidence that the police, like, went out of their way to avoid telling her where her sister was. For all we know, they told her and she doesn't, she didn't, she didn't acknowledge it or she didn't accept it. Why does it feel like, as Americans, you can just do shit in other countries and then leave? <laughs> Yeah, look, Sabina had to go to jail, but Ursula gets to leave. Yeah. 
Being American is great. <laughs> that doesn't happen at all. Don't get arrested in Japan. <laughs> Japan has like a, I want to say like 90 something percent, maybe don't higher. A, don't get arrested in Indonesia. Oh, yeah. Don't get arrested anywhere. Listeners, don't get arrested. Don't, especially not Southeast Asia. Yeah. Japan has a very high conviction rate, though. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll get you. <laughs> if you committed a crime, they will. Um, okay. Let's talk about Glenn. Let me get yeah. this right off the bat. I don't want to sound like I'm disparaging the dead or speaking ill of him, but I just want to I say... I don't care if you do, by the way. It doesn't matter. I know, me. but I'm saying for the listeners. <laughs> I want to say a little shout out in case this isn't readily apparent. Don't take strangers into your home. <laughs> Sorry, just don't. I understand you're a good Samaritan. Don't take him to your house. Uh, why, why you couldn't have been like, oh, I'll help you find your sister. Let's get into a taxi. Let's go back into the police station and ask. My, my question would be like, wait, where did you just come from? <laughs> yeah. Why were you at the police station? I mean, I'm not trying to disparage the guy. He's a good dude. Seems like a great guy. Had a cool dog, apparently. You know, it's Just so, don't take people into your house. You, you know, hear about these stories where people take in, uh, this is a perfect example. People take in transient people, homeless people, bad something. A lot of these people have untreated mental illness. You just, part of the reason why they're on the street. You just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what. You know what, Andy? I've never understood this. So let me say. Let me say something. You and I, we're not so different. You and I, we're both straight laced dudes. Okay, mm-hmm. we're family men. Okay, <laughs> we've got. Our significant others, and we stick by them. Mm-hmm. We didn't go off gallivanting. We didn't go off hooking up. Now, some people might say there were a couple of basement-dwelling virgin losers. Well, I say this in rebuttal. I couldn't sow wild oats <laughs> because I don't produce any oats, okay? <laughs> you ever, like, though... <laughs> you ever, like, think about that, though? Like, how other people just kind of go out and they hook up and they bring strangers back to their houses? How that's fucking weird? Is that ever weird to you? Like that's yeah. a common thing. Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I think it is weird. I'm like, terrified if you, of like that. Like if you talk about a one night stand, like where you just meet somebody and then you bring them back to your house, like. Yeah. And it's also weird too. Like, I mean, I've thought about this before. It's like it's kind of weird that you would like, like I, you know, it's like even if you met somebody going to their house. Yeah. Like that's even weirder. Maybe I'm just a big fucking loser, but I don't know. It's just not my thing. Yeah. I mean, I never understood that. I'm just like, you invite a stranger near your house, you fuck them. Which is like, okay, fine. You don't seem to care about STDs or STIs. Like, whatever, dude. But then, like, you, what if they go rifle through your stuff while you're asleep? Or what if they do something to you while you're asleep? Or yeah. it would make me it would make me feel uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable by it. Yeah. I mean, you know, my one of my biggest fears is home invasion. That's right. And so I, I mean, I, I have a hard time letting people into my home anyway. I've never been let inside. You have a secret password to open up one of your, uh, one of the locks in your house. And I still haven't figured it out. I won't give it to you. (laughs) I don't want you in there. (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to speak ill though of the dead. You know, I I always want to cover my bases because I mean, this is a very charitable act to like see a person in need and say, there's no good place to say, like, I'll put you up in my place. I don't know much about Stoke on Trent, but I think it's a very 
from what I guess I've researched, it's a little bit of a can be a little rough and tumble. It's a lot of like blue. It's a bit of a shithole, is what you're saying? No. Mm, okay. But maybe Australian art is saying that. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Place belongs in the dunny. Because it's a shithole. Um, no, I don't know much about it, but I think that was part of the reason why Glenn was like, oh, you don't want to. There's nowhere nice to stay around here. It's very. It's hard working. And I think from some videos I watched of Glenn's brother, who. Um, is very involved in the cover-up and the conspiracy of the case says that, you know, Glenn struggled to find good work and had to do, like, side work as a welder because there's just not a lot of opportunities in Stoke-on-Trent. Okay. I don't know anything about the city. Could be a very lovely city. This also was in, like, 2008, so it's been, like, over 10 years since 2008, so maybe Stoke-on-Trent has had a big revival. I know nothing about the city. I'm not trying to disparage Stoke on Trent. And we definitely don't know anything about it at the time when this happened. It's true. We don't know anything about it today. We don't know anything about it then. Um, I mean, I have to, like, what happened the next day? We know that Glenn and Sabina did not have sex. We know that because of medical testing and the coroner's report and mm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we know they didn't hook up. So a whole day goes by where we don't know anything that happens. We don't know. Sabina could have left and come back. Glenn could have left and come back. We know nothing. And then all of a sudden at like 7 PM, Glenn is stabbed. We don't even know if Sabina stabbed him. Yeah. It's really interesting that, um, uh, oh shoot. What was his friend's name? Michael? Peter. Peter. Peter leaves and it's like what? Midnight. Yeah. And then there's just this hole in the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, what were they doing all day? Why weren't they looking I'm for the so sister? I'm so fascinated by what was happening all day. Yeah. Why weren't they going to look for the sister? Yeah. Wasn't that the plan? Yeah. What were they doing? Yeah. Like, sh- surely if you're, if you're Glenn, you're like, oh, I'm going to like, I'll bring this person home. They can stay at my place. Um, I won't, they won't be here the next night. <laughs> like, Right. Like you're thinking, yeah. okay, she'll find, well, who knows? Maybe they did find Ursula. Maybe they went to the hospital and then came back. There would be record of them checking in at a hospital though. No, I suppose you're right. Unless that got wiped clean or. Did we check the records? I don't know. I can't find any. I'm sure that this, the sleuth team would have. Um, oh, of course. You give all the credit to the citizen sleuths. There's just so many weird stories because we don't even know you know it's like and and the the trial didn't go what do you think about this yeah the trial didn't go to jury and people are asking why the sleuths ask why didn't this go to jury why was this so like were they just trying to like wrap this up and get her out so that she could fucking get out of the country she pled guilty you don't have to go to a jury if you plead guilty there's nothing for a jury to opine on i guess so right you just go straight, you skip, you have a hearing, and then you skip straight to sentencing. The judge either chooses to refuse or accept your confession, your plea of guilty, and then yeah. if you if they accept your guilty plea, you just you move forward to the sentencing. Well, maybe case. there was a point but before she pleaded guilty where she's like saying no comment to stuff, but I don't know, maybe and I don't know anything about the UK justice system, so maybe there's something different, but uh, 
There's no real invest. I mean, there's not like, you know, if it's anything like they ours, like to think- probably like even the first offense, like there's yeah. probably not a reason to have a trial because, you know, she trial she assaulted a, a police officer is probably like a misdemeanor. Yeah. Um, is it a misdemeanor? I don't know. That's I mean, but I'm saying it's probably like not something that you would have to have a a jury for that you would just, yeah. you know, if you you plead not guilty, they'd hear testimony and then, you know, the judge would decide whether you did it or not. McCann seems to believe that if this went to trial, there's no way a jury would convict her. Because he says there's too much reasonable doubt. Because again, we don't know if she killed her. She killed him. <laughs> we well, don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It, because, sure, her DNA was found in places, but it's like she was there for two days. But but also because she pled guilty, like right. we don't we don't understand the full scope of the investigation. They haven't been able to obtain that. So we don't really know the facts that the state would have presented in uh prosecution of her. Let's talk about drugs and crime. <laughs> My two favorite topics. What have you been doing? <laughs> None of either. I'm straight laced, as you said. Black tar heroin. Uh, drugs and crime. Andy, hello. Hi. What about them? Drugs and crime. <laughs> you want me to say how they intersect with this thing? No. I, what do you think of the idea that they're drug, drug mules? mules? They're part of some criminal organization, and that's why they're under observation, if they are? Um... I would say, I mean, sure, why not? I mean, you might as well say that they're lost astronauts from a different universe. <laughs> like, I mean, is there any evidence to suggest? Like, no. that just seems like it's complete speculation to me. Yeah. And if they are drug mules, they belong to the world's dumbest fucking criminal. <laughs> yeah. Hey, boss. Uh, let me talk about a new idea I got for the drugs. <laughs> I get these two athletic... Swedish blonde twins. Nobody's going to notice them. They are wild and crazy. They are so wild and crazy. No, twins rarely get noticed. Okay? Yeah. It's like having two of one person. We're going to put a bunch of drugs into their backpacks and then make them take public transportation. And before they do be that, subjected. they're going to go to a police station oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. to report a thing and then leave. Oh, yeah. Also, history of mental illness. I'm telling you. These are the gals to transport our PCP. <laughs> I will take my raise. <laughs> my raise Romanos. Everybody, Everybody loves, loves me. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, so I, I mean, I, I don't. They would, they would have their, ba- they would know there's drugs in the bags. Yeah, I, I don't see. And like what? Every drug mule is like, oh no, I got caught. I got to run into traffic and kill myself. Like, I mean, I mean, the behavior doesn't like square up with a drug mule to me. There's a lot of holes in this story. Oh, uh, for sure. I mean, I don't know. I don't even, I'm, I'm at a loss for words and I don't really even know how to verdict this. Yeah, there's just so many weird holes and weird stories. I think I know what I'm gonna say, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, I think. Do we still have? Is there anything else you want to discuss before we get to some big verdicts? I mean, there's a few other points we can touch on, but um, hmm. I, I'm. I mean, I think the 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 big the big um, like 
she like supposedly stabbed Glenn, right? Supposedly. Because she's seen running on CCTV covered in blood. Right. There's theories that there was an accomplice, but, right. you know, there's theories that two weapons were used. McCann, in one video that I'll link to, <laughs> makes the claim that Sabina is left-handed and all of Glenn's stabs are on his right side. So if she were to reach across and stab him, <laughs> like, okay, what if she stabs him from the side? Like, Yeah, that, yeah. It's like, Sweet. they're not squared up face to face and she goes, ah. Yeah, nope, they were. They Or what if she, she held the knife? She challenged him to blade, a knife. The blade down and just shanked him that way. She challenged him to a good old fashioned game, a knifey spoony. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it's, and then it's like, where does the hammer come in? You know, like she finds a hammer somewhere and is just like wailing on herself running down the street. And she's got a roofing tile in her pocket. Like, I mean, the escape from Glenn's home is just so bizarre and uh, and has no real good explanation, in my opinion. And I should say this, that the McCann team also believes that Joshua Gradage and his testimony is completely fabricated. They believe this because Joshua Gradage looks like a model. I'm not joking. <laughs> and be- boy, this is this is going to be your problem if you ever have to give testimony. <laughs> well, thank you, Andy. <laughs> I'm not classically handsome. I'm more cute in a boy next door way, though. See, if I have to give testimony, That's people my will be like, "Well, this guy we can believe because <laughs> nobody this ugly would lie." <laughs> <laughs> That's a face you don't want to look at. You can trust it. Um, no, they also believe that his story is that he wrestled away the hammer from Sabina, but a lot of 999, which is their 911 calls in the UK, um, rec- report people saying that she still has the hammer in a timeline after Joshua would have, quote-unquote, wrestled it away from her. And also... Joshua refuses to talk to the citizen sleuths or anyone. Now, you can chalk this up to he just wants to stay a local hero and he doesn't really want to talk to fucking weird conspiracy fanatics, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, he has every right to. Mm-hmm. But again, much like how they're unable to get any documents on this case, it's kind of like, why won't they show their work? Yeah. I mean, I think that's more about the police than it is about Joshua Gradage. Sure. I I mean, to me, it's like whether he did or he didn't like, who knows? Maybe he's misremembering, you know, like maybe he's, maybe he's affected by some, some, at this point it's been 10 years. I mean, I mean, we see it all the time with this stuff where people do something and then after time passes, their memories completely change, like, or their story about what happened completely changes or, it reinforces something that they're trying to push. And, you know, it's like, I, I mean, to me, it squares more with him being truthful that he won't talk to the sleuths than him being dishonest. Because if he really believed that and he was pushing this dishonesty, he would probably just talk to them to like, I'm going to put this to bed and prove that I'm a hero. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when I say being truthful, I mean that he's telling it to the best of his ability. Whether that's factual or not is a whole other issue. Right. Okay. I mean, Andy, that's all the points I've got for this story. I'm left with so many questions. So many. Uh, 
I somewhat find it just hard to believe that there's so many different points where, I don't know, they're just sort of like let go. (laughs) Yeah. I think the biggest things for me, and maybe I should save this for the verdict, but maybe you should just give your verdict. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I'm fine going right to the verdict from here. I hope we don't have the hiccups. Um, well, we didn't talk about them being satanic super soldiers <laughs> possessed by the devil. <laughs> uh, that's to me only, um, it's not exactly the same level as drug mules, but <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's similar. Um, okay. Well, it also, you have to believe in the devil, right? Which I don't think you do. Mm, not really. I don't think he's out there. Yeah. But the top comments you'll see uh, any video is MK Ultra, drugs, and satanic super soldiers <laughs> or clones. Clones. But clones yeah. is probably the lowest. Mm. See a lot more satanic super soldier. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. Let's get to some verdicts here on this. Let's get crazy some crazy case. I verdicts. think the biggest thing for me, the biggest glaring hole, is why at no point were they ever given a psychological examination i think Mm -hmm. a psychological examination and or monitoring and or anything would have saved glenn holland's head life because sabina would not have just been allowed to walk free and murder him they would have never met allegedly i mean they could have still met in some weird way but i think if it was deemed that she yes indeed did have some sort of disorder she would have been probably sent to a Mental facility for some reason. I don't know what the law states in the UK. If they find this code 136 and then they, you know, and they're like, okay, well, then you have to go to a stank sanctioned mental hospital for a week or something until you get cleared. I don't know what the rules are, but that to me is the biggest thing. I'm going to break it down like this. I'm not going to go about the various kind of cover ups because I. I just want to talk about if there is a cover-up. And I think Mm. that's what we're trying to answer. Yeah, I think so. I have to say... He's thinking. Truly, this is agonizing. I have to just go middle-of-the-road plausible. Wow. Incredible. There's a lot of holes and a lot of weird stuff. I don't have any information. I can't move either way Mm -hmm. I'm maybe leaning towards plausible minus okay are they under observation in some weird way for some weird reason connected to some weird thing I just have to say plausible because Mm -hmm. I have no information on these ladies right I know nothing about them we know more about Ursula and she didn't do anything (laughs) yeah but then I also have to say that is mental illness the culprit here highly plausible i think that helps color my true beliefs is that i think when it all said and done if i had to wager a bet if fucking if the ericsons had a gun to my head (laughs) which they very well might in the future we don't know and they told me pick a reason i'm going with mental illness that the established story of them just having a delusional disorder, 
We don't know anything about their delusions because they were mm -hmm. never fucking tested. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have some weird triggering effect with the bright reflective jackets that they were wearing. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have some weird delusion that people are after, that lunatics are after them and are threatening to steal their organs. Mm -hmm. And maybe they have a delusion that cars can't hurt them. These are all very true things that could that people with delusions can believe. Mm -hmm. If you believe in your mind that this delusion is so real, you truly will not feel the pain. Mm -hmm. That is why Sabina is able to get up. Mm -hmm. That is why you see people with delusions who can do other crazy, miraculous things because they truly don't believe that this is going to hurt them. Um... I think that's my verdict. You know, my plausible verdicts for Abo and um, great band, by the way, <laughs> great Swedish band, Abo, <laughs> follow up act to yeah. ABBA. Yeah. Two uh, twin lead singers. You know, I just have to say plausible because I just, we know nothing about them even now. <clears throat> like, yeah. we don't know where she is. She might be in Norway. We know where Ursula is. It's just so fucking weird. And I just have to say like, yeah, maybe. That's really what I'm saying is maybe. That's what I say when I'm saying plausible. It's plausible mm -hmm. that they're under observation. It is weird that they were able to skirt by the police in many instances. Uh... But I think ultimately just, yeah, mental illness, highly plausible. Wow. All right. Andy, go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about something um, that we haven't, we haven't brought up yet today oh. in this episode. Wow. And this is coloring my view on this case. And that's uh, something we've talked about in the past, which is the incompetence factor. Right. And I think that... Um, this is another case where the if we if we removed the incompetence of the police force and the judicial system in this case not pursuing psychiatric evaluation for both sisters after this event i think that there would be no conspiracy Right, because there would never be a murder. Right. There would be no conspiracy at Nobody all. Nobody really cares about them running under the highway. Traffic. It's weird. It'd be uh There's highly... no story there, though, if it's just like two mentally ill people ran under the highway. <laughs> That'd it's like... be a popular video on YouTube, but that's it. Uh, live leak. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. Either way. Um, <laughs> world star. <laughs> Twins versus trucks. <laughs> uh, but... I sounds think, more like you poor. <laughs> Rule 34 trucks. <laughs> um I I just think if we if we took if they had a psych psychiatric evaluation and that was uh administered within what appears to be the laws in the UK that I don't think that we would be even talking about this like you said. The story would end up being oh there were two mentally ill people that have this uh, strange shared psychotic condition that causes them to have these like strong shared delusional um things that causes them to behave very erratically uh and 
you know, probably through pursuit of that, um, the police would have found that like, oh, there's some history here of this, this mental illness that we can uh, understand. And that probably would have been the end of it. So um, I'm, look, I'm playing with house money. So I'm going to say case closed. Wow. This is a case of uh, mental illness. Nothing, nothing that happened is outside the boundaries of what we understand about the human body and regular uh, mental disorder. Uh, and everything else is pure speculation based on um, incompetence or lack of information. Wow. It has nothing to do with anything that's been established. So I'm saying case closed. Damn. A case closed from Andy. I'm even with all the questions because I'm I'm just gonna make the leap and Who are you? I don't know. i Who replaced you? I'm a real Sabina here from from initial episodes. I've done a one eighty. Yeah. I did a case closed on Roanoke and you still said plausible yeah, about I, a bunch of shit. Yeah, I said maybe there could have been zombies. <laughs> I mean, there's like, there's a lot of questions here, but to me, everywhere I turn, what do I see? I see, oh, but we don't know this because we don't have this evidence. We don't have this. We don't have that. So we filled in the gaps with some wild, like, piece of thing. I, I mean, maybe this, maybe someday more information will come out of this and I'll be proven totally wrong. And I'll come on this podcast. Take your lumps. And I will eat a big old slice of humble pie with a. Uh, Heaping helping of crow because uh, I might be wrong, but to me that's what I see here. I see, I see mental illness. I see, I see something that's within the possibilities of the human body and mind, and that's all I see. Incredible, listeners. Uh... And then I just see a bunch of inconsistency. That's it. But that doesn't mean anything. Uh... The world we live in is. Very inconsistent. Wow. I'm shocked, listeners. My jaw is on the fucking floor. <laughs> and uh, uh, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Mm, yeah. yeah. I did not expect Andy to come out with a case closed. I didn't expect that from me either. I expected to say exactly what you said. Highly plausible and plausible. But you know what? The more we talked about it, the more I convinced myself. I think you're just not feeling like yourself because you got hit in the head. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Look, maybe I'll recant this statement the next time we get captured by Mr. Bunker and he forces us to podcast. Maybe yeah. I'll maybe I'll feel like I wasn't in my right mind. Okay. Um, listeners, that was our verdict on the uh, Erickson Twins case. Let us know your thoughts. What We'd did we get? to hear it. You know, yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, use the hashtag... Um, a little <laughs> sweet dish. What? A little sweet dish. Sweet dish. Use <laughs> the hashtag the Erickson twins because <laughs> we are really good at coming up with stuff on the spot. Um, uh, yeah. Use the hashtag the Erickson Twins. Tweeted us at Mr. Bunkerman. <laughs> and let us know your thoughts on this case. Let us know what you think. 
We want to hear from ya. We'd love to hear. If you want to suggest something that Mr. Bunker should make us podcast about, you know, get at him. Get at him. Tweet at him. Email, email him. him. Um, Instagram DM him. <laughs> well, he loves that. Andy. Get into his DMs. <laughs> get into those denims. Andy, any other last words? Um, I'll just say this. Uh, you know, uh, this is just a good a good example of how societies worldwide can handle um, mental illness better. It's true. And I think it's, it's high time that uh, we make it a priority. Um, well, listeners, I think that is it for, um, for old Andy and I. Hmm? That's it. Um, so, We'll see it's time you. for us to be hitting the old dusty trail. We'll see you next time uh, for the titular Mr. Bunker and for my peckable co-host, Andy Hart. I'm Arthur Stone saying, that was the whole enchilada. It's really yummy. <laughs> Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.